It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Three, two, one. That's it. The Browns are going to the playoffs. The postseason is back in Cleveland. And Jim, four years, three years ago, you made that iconic call. The only thing missing is all of you. Well, tonight, everybody is here. And this city, get together, have fun, and celebrate. What a season for your Cleveland Browns, 11-5. and five, And now, they're going to the playoffs. Cleveland! This one is for you. The Browns are going to the playoffs. 37-20, to 20, the final over the New York Jets. On Thursday night football, so much sports action on this jam-packed <laughs> Friday morning. This is unsportsmanlike Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, warming up our vocal cords here on a feel-good Friday. How are you, my friend? I'm so sorry. I did give you a little bit of a warning there, but I'm sorry if I blew your eardrums out. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think your vocal cords are quite warm right now, Courtney. You just, oh, they're hoarse. You went, they're hoarse from these early mornings. Uh, you I don't know from, how people do this on a normal basis, but um, yeah. we're going to get You went there. from we're zero to 100. There. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was, um, you know what we call that in show business, an an unscripted moment here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. As always, this show presented by Progressive Insurance. We want you to be a part of the Unsportsmanlike nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And what we're asking you here on this Friday morning, because New Year's Eve is right around the corner. We won't be back until January 1st. We want to know your best sports moment of the year, your worst sports moment of the year, your story of the year, the moment of the year that's going to carry you from 2023 into 2024. We'll be taking your calls on that all throughout the show. But, Mike, we start with this Cleveland Browns team in this 38-20 win the 37-20 win that they had over the New York Jets. No Amari Cooper last night. He was out there for a pregame warm-up, could not go because of his heel injury. But that was no problem for Joe Flacco. Another 300-yard passing performance, his fourth straight in a Cleveland Browns uniform. And this team, depending upon what happens this weekend, will know a little bit more about where they stand going into the final week of the season, seeding-wise, but they're in. They're one of they the three in. AFC teams that have clinched their spot in the postseason already. Well, it was a Joe Flacco revenge game because he was with the Jets the last three years. And also the Jets and Courtney, you and I talked about this yesterday here on Unsportsmanlike. We've been talking about pre-show. The Jets, despite all of their quarterback woes once Aaron Rodgers went out four plays into a season, into this season, uh, never called him, never inquired. Now, we will get into why maybe that was and that wasn't here in a second, but you got to think that this feels really good for Joe Flacco because I, the, remember the conversation about Joe Flacco for years was, is Joe Flacco elite? Like that was a whole thing. There were signs, there were memes, there were all of the things. 
Well, I'm not saying Joe Flacco is elite, but what Joe Flacco is showing is that he is still a very good starting quarterback in the NFL and one of the few starting quarterbacks in the NFL with a Super Bowl ring. This is a fantastic thing for Joe Flacco. This is a fantastic thing for the city of Cleveland, Courtney, because I was there in 2017. I believe it was seven. No, two, yeah, 2017. Sorry. It's early. 2017, when the Cleveland Browns went 0-16. And they had a parade around Cleveland Browns Stadium, First Energy Stadium, whatever it was called at the time. I, I covered that parade for us here at ESPN. And it was bitterly cold. And there were there were literally had, people made floats. They had this whole thing kind of sardonically celebrating the fact that they were winless. And now you're looking at a team that has gone through so much, and they are unlike maybe prior iterations of the Browns that have limped into the postseason, this team feels like a real contender, Courtney. They do. 11-win season for them in 2023. That matches their season total from 2020, the last time that they made the postseason. Three times since 1999. So this new coaching staff, or rather, not new, it's just this more recent coaching staff of Kevin Stefanski and his group, have the most playoff success in the in recent history for this Cleveland Browns group because they hadn't had too much of it, as you alluded to there. I remember that story that you did in 2017. You had fans with bags on their heads. No more oh, yeah. is that the case inside, <laughs> first, inside First Energy Stadium. Let's hear from Joe Flacco, the winning quarterback of this game on Thursday Night Football, the last one we've got in 2023, on what it felt like to be on the winning side of that and get his team into the big dance. I don't want to step back yet. I mean, obviously, we're going to have a three-day weekend here where I'll probably get a chance to, but I want to try to stay in the moment as much as possible. Every now and then, you get a couple, like like right now, it's already midnight. I mean, but you'll get a couple hours here before I fall asleep that you'll kind of get to this, lay around and, and think about how cool of a night it was. You know, and hopefully I can, like, I'll try to let those two hours linger as long as possible so I can enjoy it a little bit. Because by the time you wake up the next day, you're like, okay, you know, that felt good, but we got to start to move on a little bit. That was Joe Flacco, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, 309 yards, passing three touchdowns, one interception yesterday. Savoring the moment, I know that that's a hard thing to do, but for Joe Flacco, and we've read every story the last four days about his journey from the couch to the Cleveland Browns. Our colleague Jake Trotter at ESPN, ESPN's NFL Nation has a great story right now up at ESPN.com. I encourage you to go read it about how Joe Flacco, his brother, and his father we're practicing, like getting him ready, keeping him ready by throwing on a peewee football field that was you know, near where he lived, an unlocked gate, just like the most storybook element of this whole thing for him to stay ready despite circumstances of other teams not calling. And, and Mike, that's something we kind of got into it a little bit yesterday, but I do think it's worth bringing up now where... There's other teams this morning that are going to wake up and see all of the fanfare around this Cleveland Browns team, teams that have quarterback issues, wondering, would this iteration of Joe Flacco be the Joe Flacco that we would have had we signed him? Because he was available. He was available to the Jets. And that's the conversation now of, are, is there buyer's remorse? Or is there is there non-remorse? Or what's the word I'm looking for here? The inaction, regret. inaction in the regret of not calling Joe Flacco if you are the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you are the New York Jets, a team that he had played for, a team that he didn't have a lot of success for when he was the backup quarterback there. But others around the league that could have potentially 
brought Joe Flacco in? Like, would their fate have been the same as the Cleveland Browns? Or is this just a perfect situation with an offense that, you know, his best season to date was with Gary Kubiak in, I believe, 2000, you know, the the early 2010s. And this is a Kubiak-style offense that they're running in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski. Like, could this be the case somewhere else, or is this just a Cleveland thing? It feels like it may be just a Cleveland thing because you've got a strong defense, so they, Joe Flacco can kind of let it rip a little bit more because it's not like if they if he makes a mistake on a drive, they have so much confidence in that defense that's led by Miles Garrett that they can maybe make some mistakes right here or there and roll with it. Although he hasn't made many so far since he's been the Browns quarterback. The other part of it too is you've got good offensive players around him, right? Like they've mm-hmm. got Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford as running backs, and you've got Amari Cooper, even though he didn't play last night, and you've got David Ajoku as a tight end. There are nice players around him that can help all of this. And that's not taking anything away from what Joe Flacco has done, but there are some teams that he would not have had that type of scenario around him. Like a team to me that maybe should have called but didn't, in hindsight here would be Minnesota, Courtney, because Minnesota has had quarterback problems ever since Kirk Cousins got hurt, and they have talent there, particularly one Justin Jefferson who's now Mm -hmm. back from injury, and I think that could have really helped the Vikings as they pushed to a playoff work, because the only way that this was going to work was if it was an injury situation and not a bunch of the benchings, like the benchings I've covered in Atlanta. I don't know if that situation would have worked for Joe Flacco as much, because it almost feels like it had to be like, this is why we're going to you because our starter got hurt, not because we made mistakes in the offseason deciding our quarterbacks. Right, and that's that's the conundrum that teams will inevitably, you always feel like the would've, could've, should'ves the morning after you see a game like this. Somebody who was not in this position six weeks ago leading their team into the postseason. That is the fate for the Cleveland Browns. And we'd be remiss if we did not talk about this Browns defense. Miles Garrett in the sack streak, or sack list streak, rather, breaking before he turned 28 at midnight. So he got a sack on Trevor Simeon yesterday. They walked away with two sacks. Simeon, 32 of 45, 261 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. You know, that stat line isn't the worst But that game was the worst for the New York Jets. There were moments where there were special teams mistakes. There were fumbles. There was sloppy play. And even even though that Jets team had nothing to play for, to walk into First Energy Stadium the way that they did with that environment and the feel of how close Cleveland was to getting into a position the Jets thought that they would be in all year – I can't even imagine as a player having to fight off what comes with that of, man, we are so completely overmatched here by a team that has dealt with injury after injury after injury. We mentioned it at the top of the show. No Amari Cooper last night. David Njoku, though, looked like he was trying to go for the Cooper record in what he had last (laughs) week against the Houston Texans. An incredible game for the tight end who has had his own renaissance of sorts, just like Joe Flacco this year. Six catches, 134 yards, no touchdowns, but he was a humongous part of how effective this team was in moving the ball. And it's been a total effort. Defensively, Jim Schwartz and what he's done this year for the Cleveland Browns 
has that sparked everything from the beginning of the season as the offense was trying to find its footing, Mike. And now that you have an offense that's capable of matching your defense, the way I like to phrase it, you have an offense your defense can be proud of and and a defense your offense can be proud of. They might be the most dangerous team in the AFC playoffs because of all of those factors right there. They are complete. And the way that they're playing right now as a wild card team currently, like we – the AFC North is technically still in play here. I was looking at the playoff scenarios this morning. I know Baltimore is currently the one seed, but this Browns team, very well, if a lot of things go their way the rest of Week 17 and into Week 18, they could be looking about moving up further uh, towards that one seed, which, you know, slim chance right now, but it technically still is in play. It is still in play. Baltimore is still, to me, the most complete team in the AFC. Cleveland's not far behind. But Baltimore still feels like they're the most complete team in the AFC. However, one caveat, Joe Flacco has had more playoff success than Lamar Jackson. And that could get interesting because Joe Flacco has been there before over and over. And we've known that Lamar Jackson, when he's gotten in the playoffs, it hasn't always gone particularly well for him in the Ravens. But this Lamar Jackson also feels like a much more complete quarterback than what we've seen before also. So, I would still lean Baltimore, Courtney, but you're not – you're probably talking about two or three, right? Like, I mean, it depends on how you feel about Miami, too. Sure. And Miami is very Tyreek Hill dependent. And the AFC East still undecided mm, no. at this moment. <laughs> and there is a lot to play for the rest of Week 17, a lot to play for in Week 18. So coming down the pipe here, we have so much important football and a lot to talk about here on Unsportsmanlike. All highlights courtesy of ESPN 850 KNR in Cleveland. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, boat, RV insurance by visiting Progressive.com. Straight ahead. Phone lines are open on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the best sports moment of the year, the one that you are going to remember the most from 2023? And what's the worst one? Mike and I discuss next here, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin and Mike Rothstein holding it down on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and ESPN2 as always presented by Progressive Insurance. 
It was so great to start the show off losing my voice, but also talking about a winning team, a team that <laughs> fought through a lot. And we'll get into this a little bit later. Like, do the Browns have potentially four award candidates for coach of the year, executive of the year, defensive player of the year, maybe even comeback player of the year? Like, a lot of good that's going on right now in Cleveland. The same cannot be said for the team in another sport that is up into the West, I believe if my geography is correctly, from where Ohio is. The Detroit Pistons, without further ado, go for it. Great effort, still loss. Nothing but pain. How many is that now, sir? 28. What does that do? Ties the record. record, The all-time win. (laughs) The (laughs) all-time losing his record, Mike Rothstein. The 2014-15 Philadelphia 76ers, so the beginning of the process, Philadelphia 76ers, because that record extended into 2015-16. Look, like, Mike, you and I were texting with Pat last night. You did predict that a fourth quarter collapse would happen, that they would eventually end up losing by 15, but they started out this game hot. 21-point lead in the beginning of the, I think it was in the first quarter. They force overtime, and then they still lose. Um Anybody want to, like, you know, use this moment that they have here on a national platform to promote Tom Gore selling this team? Because now is your chance. Or we could just replay <laughs> all of the chants that we heard last night. If you want to, even though they were on the road, I would hope that some people that traveled to the Boston Celtics game to watch the Pistons, if there are any people that actually are masochists like people. that, um, sell the team. What is he doing at this point, Mike? I know that you and I had mentioned this throughout the week. Javante, I, I feel your pain here. This is not a streak to be taken lightly. And yes, we're having a little bit of fun with it here on ESPN Radio, but I don't know when this team is is going to be guaranteed to win a game. They've got the Toronto Raptors, who have all of 11 wins right now, coming up tomorrow. The Spurs are on the schedule, too. But this is really, really bad, because it's not like... It's not like they stink in these games. Like They've been trying like actual effort from the Detroit Pistons, Mike, and they still end up losing these games, especially the one good. after forcing overtime. They looked fairly good last night. They did, yes. They lost a 21-point lead, so caveat. But they looked fairly good against what many people consider the best team or second-best team in the NBA. And they hung in, and they're a young team. We had a clip from Tom Gores earlier this week where he basically was saying, listen, everything's going great except for the winning. And I, I likened it to the the meme of the dog sitting there saying it's fine while everything is on fire or the Elmo fire where he's got his arms stretched out. And you sit there and you say, okay, sure, Tom Gores. But I'll be honest, I saw a little bit of what he was talking about last night in that they have some players there. Now, they're also tied into their coach, Monty Williams, because they paid him an exorbitant amount of money. And they're not going to be able to get out of that so soon. But... They they showed me something last night. I felt I felt legitimately bad for the Pistons players last night because you could see on their faces like that they gave it everything against Boston for the vast majority of the game and they just couldn't hold on. But Jaden Ivey's a good player. Kate Cunningham is a phenomenal player. Uh, you know, and Javante Lawrence is is a good fan because he <laughs> stuck watching them all the time. And Javante, I know we've had this segment every day, and I'm just curious, 
Like where that sound? Uh, what, yeah, what is that is like that? your favorite sound to make? Is that like where did that come from? I have no idea. Pat made the production. I guess one of these times I was talking and I made that sound. I have no idea where that came from. So Pat basically did you dirty. The mics are always hot. Pretty much, as always. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so they're 2-29. They have matched the Trust the Process Philadelphia 76ers with 28 consecutive losses. So each time they've done this this week, so they get to 27, that ties a single-season record. Now they've got... They're tied for the all-time NBA record pretty soon. If this thing continues to thirty straight lo- or to twenty-nine straight losses, that's the overall NBA record. So you'd be in the history books, just not for the right reasons. But Mike, you mentioned a really good point. Like it's not like they're not trying. It's not like they don't have a good core. The one thing I took away from Tom Gore's "Don't panic" when he didn't actually blink. I do not think he has eyelashes. <laughs> I don't know if his eyelids are just glued open, but he didn't blink when he said any of that. The other day, like Cade Cunningham last night had an, a, a, 22 points in the first half, but then he misses that three, that potential game winning three pointer. There's seven seconds left in regulation. That game ends up going to overtime. They end up losing. I don't know how players will continue to play like this. You know, it's not just about winning one more game. And Cade Cunningham said as much afterwards. It's trying to get on track, but when you are so far off track I don't know what it takes because I don't know if everybody's going to be as locked in because very clearly he is you know if you want to put a C on him he's their captain he's probably their best player but is everybody else going to have that same mindset going forward that's something that I don't know if you're going to be able to measure the same within every player trying to get out of this and even with Monty Williams you're right they're locked into him it's a six-year contract he's getting paid 78 million dollars to coach a two in 2019 I need to see more heat on him Because this is not just about players not executing, because very clearly they are. This is about lineups. This is about defensive substitutions. This is about changes that you're making within this game to help your your players put them in position. Like, how have we not seen any sort of shakeup within the coaching staff? I mean, the front office is the front office, and and they've made their bet at this point. They're going to have to deal with that in the offseason. Is it not time for some sort of change in terms of what the coaching staff looks like? And I get it. Monty Williams is their head coach. He's going to be there for a minute. But to get out of this, you can't just expect to do the same thing over and over again, and the lead, that's going to eventually lead to a, a winning result. No, it won't, based off what we've seen. And they played that way last night, by the way, without Isaiah Stewart, who's one of their better players. But it's it's at the point where – it comes from ownership on down because the Pistons, since Tom Gores has bought the team, have not been a very successful franchise. Certainly not the bad boys of the 80s or the Chauncey Billup, Rasheed Wallace teams of the what was it, late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s that Larry Brown is coaching. This is so far removed from that. And there was a pride with Detroit basketball. There was a pride with the Pistons for a while that just doesn't feel like it's there from, from ownership, really. And that's a big, a big issue. So my first job, Courtney, coming out of college, I moved to the middle of the Mojave Desert. You uh, did? Did York. I know this? I don't know if you lived knows, in the Mojave but, Desert. Yeah, I did. I lived in Victorville, California for a year. And I covered, a minor, I covered minor league baseball there. It's the only time I've covered baseball as a beat in my career. And the, the High Desert Mavericks 
rest in peace. They no longer exist. They had a mascot actually named Wooly Bully. It was one of the only mascots to ever get thrown out of a game. I dressed up as the mascot for a game. Still one of my favorite stories. To At ever least it do, wasn't an edible mascot. It was not an edible <laughs> mascot. We're going to get to to Mr. Pop Tart or, or Ms. Pop Tart or, or whatever later in the show, but. The thing with this team was they were the worst team in minor league baseball that season. They would have 15-game losing streaks, and this is every night that they're playing. 12 games, and these are young players because this is high class a ball, high or low-class A ball. They were losing every single night. And, yeah, at some point you basically start to see guys check out and get tired. And this – I mean, this – Courtney, this franchise was even wor- – this team was even worse off because they're – like player operations person for the Milwaukee Brewers, who was their their parent organization, he actually showed up and like talked to me, and he basically admitted that this team was like the spare parts in their minor league organization. That's the only time all year I was not allowed in the clubhouse the next day because half the team wanted to quit. Like that's what you were talking sure. about there. Like we're not see- so I've seen worse. Is I guess my point in all of this of saying. I have seen worse, and mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on inside that locker room, but Monty Williams has to do something to shake it up, whether it's coaching staff changes, whether it's more lineup changes, or maybe this, put James Wiseman in longer. You have been beating that drum all week. You might be the only person in North America who's been doing that, but it's certainly talking about it. So. It's a shakeup that's needed, something, because they are a long day, long days away from the Flip Saunders era, the Doug Collins era. Who knows? Maybe this is just karma for the bad boy Pistons coming back all of these years. I don't know. That's a like, Chicago I, it is a little thing. bit of a bias, but um, I'm just trying to figure out how this has happened. The Detroit Pistons have a 28-game losing streak. If they have one more loss, they will have the all-time record in the NBA. Isn't that something to be proud of? All right, straight ahead here on Unsportsmanlike, the four biggest games heading into the NFL weekend. Mike and I break all of that action down. Coming up next after Mike has this from O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windshield. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They will even install them free of charge. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What's that? This is Four Downs. Four Downs on Unsportsmanlike is brought to you by GEICO. Insurance can be hard. That's why GEICO makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to GEICO. Courtney Cronin and Mike Rothstein with you on this feel-good Friday ESPN radio and the ESPN app. All right, a lot of games coming up in Week 17. We already saw a good one for the Cleveland Browns. These two teams hoping to strengthen their case as playoff contenders and not pretenders. That's where we start. First down. Lions and Cowboys. This game is happening on Saturday. It's supposed to be the Monday night game, but because we have college football on Monday, this game gets moved to Saturday, ESPN, ABC, ESPN Plus at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, who do you believe in more to win a Super Bowl? I wish I had the Javante sound of, uh, because I don't know if I believe either one of them. Probably Detroit, because we've seen Detroit go on the road and be successful this season. The difference, of course, the Lions have never been in this position before, and they have only made one NFC title game in the modern era, let alone a Super Bowl, which they have never been to. I feel like this Lions team may be a little bit of a team of destiny. They've been playing well of late, so I would... Say I trust the Lions more than Dallas because if the Lions go on the road, if they don't somehow get the one seed, which is still a little possible, they can go win somewhere if they need to. Dallas, I don't know if they can. I will really quickly say that I probably believe in Detroit more to go on the road and win a Super Bowl, but... My goodness, they better hope they're at least in, like, warm-ish environments. Jared Goff is not a good quarterback when it's cold out. I'm sorry. He has to play with two gloves, and he doesn't have to play with two gloves when he's inside Ford Field. He won't have to do it inside AT&T Stadium. The defense, at least as of recently, is coming alive, and that travels. So I believe in them more because they've won games on the road. You know who hasn't won many games on the road, at least good teams? That's the Dallas Cowboys. All right, what's next? Second down. Dolphins at Ravens, that's happening on Sunday. Which team is more likely to disappoint us? Probably the Ravens. And I say that because the expectation right now for the Ravens feels like Super Bowl or bust. And AFC is still a really difficult conference. Miami, very talented team. We'll see how these two teams stack up this weekend. And then maybe that conversation, Courtney, is changing by next week if Miami, say, beats Baltimore, right? But Lamar Jackson has not had a ton of playoff success in his career, and that's another concern for me there. I would say Baltimore, when it comes to playoffs, has a better chance of disappointing just because of the expectations on them at the moment, but it would also not surprise me if they go and win the Super Bowl. I think it's Miami because this was a team that's already disappointed us in a lot of respects. Remember the hot start that they got off to? They're putting up 70 on the Denver Broncos. Week one, they go on the road and pull out a thriller, a high-scoring affair against the Los Angeles Chargers. And then they came back down to earth. Like the greatest show on turf part two did not really get to assume its positioning for the whole season, and that's okay. But I don't... 
It's not that I don't trust the Miami Dolphins. I just think that Buffalo, the way that they're playing right now, they may win the AFC East, which means that Miami would have to go on the road and be a wild card, you know, during wild card weekend as a road team. And I don't know if that is going to travel, you know, warm weather wise. You don't want to be going north in those moments to win those games. So I think it could potentially be Miami here is the biggest disappointment. Baltimore's been rolling. They just beat the San Francisco 49ers. I don't have many qualms about where they stand currently. I want you to tune in for football action Sunday. Ravens hosting the Dolphins game we just talked about. Coverage beginning noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. This is Unsportsmanlike. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you on this Feel Good Friday morning. What's next? Third down. Bengals at Chiefs. This game was a lot different last year, uh, but there's still trash talk coming from Jamar Chase, of all people. Uh, I don't believe he played in the last game that the Bengals were playing in because he's dealing with a shoulder injury. But question I have for you, Mike, is this version of the Chiefs, will they be able to make a Super Bowl this year? We know that their path has to go away from Arrowhead. They've never done that with Patrick Mahomes. Can they get to the Super Bowl? Can they? Sure, they can. Uh, is their quarter if their team is still quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes? They can. Will they? No, they won't. And, and I say that because of the two teams we just talked about: Baltimore and Miami. I don't have any qualms with Baltimore either. I'm just saying, based off of expectations, that ceiling is so high of what they're kind of expected or their aspirations are. Although all these teams have the same aspirations, there's too many talented teams in the AFC and. Kansas City's offense just looks so lost right now. I have no reason to believe that they can go on the road and win potentially two games. That just feels like a little bit too high of a bridge to climb or mountain to climb or stairs to climb. Whatever you're trying to climb, they ain't going to get it. They went from climbing the mountain to climbing the hill to just trying (laughs) to get to level 12 on the Stairmaster. Um, When you have Matt Nagy invoking... The wise, which I know triggered a lot of Bears fans, the team that he coached for a couple years here. He spoke about that yesterday, that when these things happen, you got to search for the wise. Why did it happen? Why did the play break down? Why did this player do X, Y, Z? Um, I think that they are a team that could, with Patrick Mahomes, get to the divisional playoffs. They have not been in this situation, though, where they have to win away from Arrowhead. They've been spoiled because they've been a much better team the last couple of years. This offense is incapable of contending with the other good offenses in the AFC and potentially who they'd run into in a Super Bowl, which would be the San Francisco 49ers, from my estimation. I don't think they make it past Divisional Weekend this year. All right, we'll end it here. Fourth down. Mike and I will be at this game on Sunday, Bears-Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Which of our teams has a better outlook for the future? I will go with Atlanta. And I say this because their roster is very talented. And they have a lot of these guys locked up for at least the 2024 season, if not longer. And you're talking about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bajon Robinson. They're, they're more talented offensive linemen and Jake Matthews, Matthew Bergeron, Chris Lindstrom. Their defense is a little older, but A.J. Terrell, in theory, could be getting a long-term contract. We'll see how that goes. Their linebackers are very good. If you've noticed, Courtney, there's one position I haven't mentioned. Quarterback. Exactly. And that is the one concern there. If they figure out the quarterback position, this team has a chance to be very good for a long time. That was their issue this year because their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, 
turned the ball over far too much. It's why he's gotten benched twice this season in favor of Taylor Heineke. And if they're able to figure that situation out this offseason with the quarterback, whether that's a veteran, whether it's somewhere, someone in the draft, then this team has every other piece there, every other really position handled. They'll add some players in free agency, of course, and in the draft to be a contender going forward. But if they don't figure out the quarterback position, well, then you're looking at what we've seen. I will take the other side of this, not just to be adversarial or take the other side of the argument, but if you're the Chicago Bears, you have a new CEO and president in Kevin Warren who's doing business differently than the way the team has done it the last 102 years. Um, You're going to have a new stadium at some point. You're going to have potentially a new quarterback because you do have the number one overall pick, not by way of your own record, by way of Carolina's crappy record. And you have carte blanche to do whatever you want this offseason. That's the topic of conversation here in Chicago. Will they keep Justin Fields? Will they move on? Whomever is pulling the final strings, the last one on all of those decisions, can change the trajectory of this franchise. I don't know if there's any other situation in the NFL where you have the potential for a clean slate and going a 180 from where you are currently more than the Chicago Bears. We'll leave it there. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell us your best sports moment of the year, your worst sports moment of the year, your favorite play of the year, however you want to remember the 2023 sports season. That's coming up next. Courtney Kernan, Mike Rothstein with you here on Unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Friday. It's almost the new year, 2023, turning into 2024 in a matter of days. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, getting you ready for what everything will be in January. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of football games on, a lot of football games this weekend. January 1st, CFP semifinal games, more New Year's Six Bowl games. I'm happy that this year, January 1st, is like an actual college football only day because last year it was a Sunday. So we had to, like, you know, I think New Year's Six Bowl games. I want my bowl games on New Year's Day. So that gets to happen this year, and I'm pumped about it. Sure. I that I am I'm just glad that the college football playoff moved off of New Year's Eve. Yes. Because that just too much going that, on. Oh yeah. Why not? Because when I lived in Ann Arbor, College Town, Michigan, you that you would be like, Well, what do I want to do? Do I wanna and I'm not a big going out on New Year's person anymore, Courtney, but I was at one point and it was like, What do you want to do? Do you wanna go out on New Year's or do you want to stay and go to someone's house and watch college football? 
play or do you have to or if you want to watch college football and you're dating somebody and that person does not want to watch college football then sounds you like your answer are not going to watch college made, football. well or i was gonna say it sounds like the answer of whether you're going to continue to date that person is uh, already been made but uh, well i mean <laughs> yes and no and i not dating not like that person anymore, ex- but that's say, a, doesn't sound there's like a lot of reasons for that, experience Courtney. or anything. All <laughs> yeah. right, ESPN Radio, as you covered for bowl game action tomorrow, Chick-fil-A Bowl followed by the Capital One Orange Bowl coverage beginning 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and over on the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, the Dr. Pepper call-in line is open. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. To get ready for New Year's Eve, let's talk about the best sports moment of the year and the worst sports moment of the year. Lead us off here, Greg in Baton Rouge. You're on ESPN Radio. What's going on, guys? Shout out to Pat, uh, best producer in the land. Uh, He clearly carries the show, so shout out, Pat. Uh, Pat, did you pay this guy? Did you pay this guy? (laughs) Yeah, I'll send you my cash out, man. I was about to say, Pat doesn't know anybody south of Massachusetts. So, like, how does he know Greg in Baton Rouge? I'm huge in Baton Rouge. What do you mean? <laughs> Definitely. Look, uh, I just want to shout out the LSU uh, sports program. I mean, uh, National Women's Championship, uh, Men's B- Baseball Championship. Uh, we just won a Heisman Trophy. You got some individual uh, national champions in, in men's outdoor track and women's outdoor track. So, look, Scott out Woodard, uh, Scott Woodard, the athletic director, uh, Mr. Tate, uh, the actual uh, president, and uh, for hiring Woodard. So, I mean, LSU sports program on a heater. They uh, most certainly yes, are. They are. Great way to lead us off here, Greg. I mean, you think back to that women's national championship game, LSU and Iowa, 102 points. I believe in that game, highest scoring, you know, highest scoring output by any team in a men's or women's national championship in college basketball and what they did to expand the reach for women's basketball in 2023, 9.9 million viewers, Mike, tuned in to watch that that, that championship on that Sunday. They did, and it's interesting that he brought that up because I thought I was going to maybe go off the board here when I was going to talk about my best sports moment of the year, but that women's NCAA tournament was what I was actually going to pick because you had the emergence even more so of Caitlin Clark as a household name, as a star that has transcended her sport. You had in that tournament Angel Reese and LSU obviously win that tournament. Angel Reese became a star in that tournament, and then the other teams in that Final Four, particularly Virginia Tech, I covered Kenny Brooks when he was the head coach of James Madison. That team made their first Final Four, and not only that, that team showed that they can be a powerhouse potentially to come with two stars in Elizabeth Kitley and Georgia Amor. So you look at that tournament, I think that we saw potentially changed the discourse of the conversation around women's college basketball and maybe even women's basketball in general and could be in a year, two years, something that when a lot of those players that became household names get to the WNBA, Courtney, could change the WNBA and push that Mm -hmm. even further as well. So to me, that was the most interesting and best sports moment of the year because we might have seen before our very eyes in real time the further growth of a sport. 
Yeah, and, you know, for baseball, too. It felt like they kept heading towards the elimination round in Omaha, and then Tommy White in that, I believe, a two-run walk-off homer. I remember watching that live. That's the, that's the, that's the moment that, that got them into the College World Series, into the championship round. They end up winning that. That's, that means a lot. I know you're <laughs> hearing us on Unsportsmanlike all over the country right now, and our affiliate down in Baton Rouge uh, currently broadcasting us as well. That means a lot that to that region of the country – I know the co- that college baseball is not as big everywhere else, but like in the Southeast, I've covered it down there. That moment was huge. Um, and, you know, hats off to the Tigers. They had a lot of success in a lot of different sports this year. Asking you your biggest or your best sports moment of the year, maybe your best play of the year, biggest moment of the year. Here on ESPN Radio, Gary in Jacksonville. You're on with Mike and Courtney. Happy New Year, guys. I have two things. Number one, my Baltimore Orioles winning 101 games in 2023, beating the New York Yankees by 18 games. And number two, Courtney, I, I know you sort of did bad mouth in my Miami Dolphins. I have yet to re- hear you truly say anything positive about my Dolphins since you've been on the air. Gary, I just don't want my heart to be broken by expectations that can't be met. Look, like, they are a very high-powered offense. Mike and I have talked about this all week, the resurgence of that defense. Go ahead and give Vic Fangio a raise for all that he did this year to make that unit, that cornerback unit, too, one of the best in the NFL. I just... I want them to lock up the AFC East first before I go all in that Miami's a Super Bowl, like a real Super Bowl contender. Is that okay, Gary? Is that okay? Like, do you understand my trepidation <laughs> here? Is Gary still there? Oh, I, I think we've all, I think Gary's all right, Bye, gone. Gary. Thanks I so much for the call. I, I will stand in for Gary and say I understand the trepidation. It's why in the last segment I picked the Ravens as the team that has a better chance to disappoint than the Dolphins because – the Ravens have higher expectations than the Dolphins right now. And since we don't know Tyreek Hill's health status just yet, like that's so much of the key to what makes Jalen Waddle too. Jalen Waddle and, and Thu has Devin got a-, a thumb injury and yeah, a and De- ribs and, injury or whatever. Oblique. And Devin Achan has struggled to be healthy all year. If they're all healthy, though, Courtney, whoo, that offense. All right, we're going to do one quick one. Thomas in Chicago, you've got 20 seconds. What is your best moment of the year? Best moment of the year is the Cubs not signing uh, uh, Otani. Oh, man. Hang up, yeah. hang up, hang up, hang up. <laughs> Thomas, come on, man. I wanted that to happen as a Cubs fan. I wanted to be – look, like, they, they didn't do much this offseason. Maybe Cody Bellinger gets paid by them. I don't know. But, like, ugh. Thomas, you're just breaking my heart here. It's too early for this on a Friday morning. Um, We'll get back into this. Mike and I have to give you our best moment of the year, our worst sports moment of the year, and we'll help you encapsulate 2023 as it pertains to what happened in the sports climate. There's so much more on that front. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Keep calling. We'll get you in on the show over the next couple of hours, but straight ahead. We'll go right back into where we started the show, the biggest story of the day. Go nuts, Cleveland. CSPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.